Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. I'm R.L. Frazier. I'm out of the Madison Parish Extension Office serving as host today. I have with me Mr. Bruce Gardner out of the West Carroll Office. Bruce? Good morning, everybody. I, I hope y'all are warmer than I am up in the great frozen north of northeast Louisiana. <laughs> oh, all right. Then we got Mr. Dennis Burns down south in Tinsall Parish. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm here and I'm I'm warmer than you are, Bruce. But I'm sure I'm wet. We <laughs> we are back. We went from extremely dry to extremely wet in a matter of one week. Yep. So. Okay. And then we got Miss Kylie Miller, our normal host, who is driving and joining us uh, as she's traveling today. So, Kylie. Hey, good morning, everybody. Yes, I am driving, but it is a beautiful day here. But like Dennis said, it is wet. Uh, Happy to be here. Thanks. Great. All right. And then our special guest today, we have Mr. Mike Mike Bonnet with the... uh, State uh, Office uh, of the Farm Service Agency out of Alexandria. We had asked Mr. Bonnet to come on and and, and talk with us and and help give us some information and and maybe help our our audience to understand what's coming down with this uh, disaster. I can't talk today, guys. Disaster (laughs) declaration that we're hoping to get to try to get some financial relief for our farmers. so, uh, Mr. Barnett, I'm uh, Barnett. I'm just going to go ahead and turn it over to you. Well, well, thank you, Mr. Frazier. And, and first of all, good morning to everyone this morning. Uh, thank you all for the invite. And as I'll mention, yeah, I'm here to to, to kind of break down and ex- explain our process as far as what it re- what it takes to request. In this case, it was, uh, you know, uh, we, we the, unfortunately, the producers suffered uh, a loss due to the amount of excessive rains that we, that was held back in mid-August. If we all recall, um, it, it was bad timing, unfortunately, when it hit, but, it, you know, that's one thing we can't control is Mother Nature, so it is what it is on that. So, you know, that being said, uh, as far as what it takes from the process, it starts from the county level, and when I say county level, I mean our parish offices throughout the state. They have to enter an event in our storm automation process or a loss assessment report in storm. And that needs to be supported with their county executive minutes. And once they do that, I review the data and report to see if it supports, number one, if, it, if you have at least one crop that has a qualifying loss. And what I mean by qualifying loss is having at least a 30% loss or greater in production losses. Now, I realize, by piggybacking on that, I realize a lot of our losses was also attributed to quality loss. Quality loss from the excessive moisture and rain that affected, obviously, the quality and the grades of the crop when they were, you know, when, when the producers carried it to the elevators and such. So they got deducted and docked as well. So, but to trigger ours from a secretarial standpoint, you have to have a production loss, okay? So by looking at that data, um, you know, I had 11 parishes throughout the state that submitted as primary parishes that I've recently, as of last Thursday, sent in for a request to be approved out of our national office for a secretarial declaration due to the excessive rains in August. Now, 
Let me explain, too. As we go on, when we talk about qualifying losses, we'll just, like I said, we talked about the 30%. And if, if, if a producer don't have at least a 30% loss, all it takes is one crop. You don't have to have multiple. You can have other crops listed on the report, but it takes one crop to qualify for 30%. But if you have a producer that does not have a 30% qualifying loss in any crops, then we have a survey that is answered by our CEB along with the county executive board members. And if you have a producer that is not able to get, say, for instance, that needs FSA for financing, for traditional financing, and need in need of that, we that also triggers it. So that's really two ways to get triggered for a secretarial declaration based on production losses. And as I mentioned, I submitted 11 parishes last week. And how the process works is, once it's approved, the primary parishes, then any parishes that's neighboring parishes that touches those primary parishes are also declared for secretarial designation. So, so what I'm trying to say in a, in a, in a nutshell is, it's gonna be more than 11 parishes. So any adjoining neighboring parishes will be declared also as contiguous. Now, what that does, that allows a producer, if he or she wants to apply for emergency loan assistance uh, through the government, through Farm Service Agency, to help pay for the losses that they incurred from this year's crop from 2022 losses. Um, emergency loan is a way to help them, you know, continue their operation if needed. Um, uh, but but you also have to qualify in addition when you apply for emergency loan, you got to have that 30% qualifying loss. So anyway, a producer has eight, uh, eight months to apply from an effective date of declaration. I kind of went through the process. Is there any questions or, I mean. Go ahead, Dennis. Dennis is raising his hand. Okay. You're muted, Dennis. Okay, we're very polite around Um Okay, just so I can get straight here in my mind. Okay, Tensile, I think, did not have a declaration for soybeans. We had for Milo, but I don't think we had it for soybeans. If Concordia was declared, if soybeans in Concordia was declared for a disaster for soybeans, does that carry over to soybeans in Tensile? It doesn't, it doesn't matter per crop. Uh, good question, Mr. Burns. Um, I did send in Tensile. I sent in Tensaw based on my low. So, so, so Tensaw yeah. is actually going to be declared, and Concordia is going to be declared as a contiguous. It doesn't matter what crop. All it takes is one crop to trigger it. Okay. So it, do, it does not matter. Good question. It does mat, not matter what crop. Okay. Good question. Uh, can you tell okay. us what 11 parishes were declared? Yes. Okay. Uh, like I said, I, I, well, well, hold on. Let me back up. Let me tell you the parishes that I submitted for approval, which I, I've reached out to my national office, I do feel like they will get approved. They just have not got approved yet. Okay, but okay. it's coming. So, okay. so I will I will name the eleven primary parishes, and then that way they can give you all a sense of idea of which parishes will be also approved in addition as contiguous because it touches. Okay. Okay. So here's the parishes: Ascension Parish, Avols, Franklin, Iberville, Madison. Um, let's see, St. James, Tinsaw, Vermilion, West Baton Rouge, 
Is that 11? Did I miss anybody? I'm, oh, and also Cameron and Calcasieu. That's the 11 parishes that I submitted. So it's kind of across the board, as you see, throughout the state. But but that's the parishes that was submitted data for me to tr to to put in the requests through our automated storm process. Do you foresee so, any more parishes getting added to that list? Yeah, I do. I, I do foresee. Good question, uh, Miss Kylie. Uh, I do. I, I spoke recently yesterday to the CED for Concordia and Catahoula. I don't think they'll have that qualifying loss, but they'll have that one or two producers that's in need of FSA assistance, which, you know, but then again, they're going to get triggered as contiguous. Catahoula's going to get, they're going to get triggered as from a Vols. They're kind of in the middle. They're going to get triggered from a Vols and Franklin. Catahoula sits in the middle. Concordia's going to get triggered from Tinsaw. Okay. East Carroll, if I'm thinking right, I don't have a map. I think East Carroll would get triggered from Madison. You're right. So it's going to be, I really feel like it's going to get approved. I reached out to my national office, as a matter of fact, about 30 minutes ago to make sure they got all my data that I submitted for the request, and she said she did. It's just a process that I submitted up that goes up to the Secretary of Ag, uh, Mr. Vilsack. So it's just a process. I don't foresee any problems with this getting done. Uh, unfortunately, anytime we got to make a request is because of, adverse weather where it's too dry in this case it was too wet when we got the rain we was dry for a while then we got all this rain at one time then we got dry again and that's kind of how the weather goes so it really affected and impacted our crops at the at the worst time i just wanted to take a moment and thank y'all for all that hard work because i know y'all have been getting bombarded with questions and uh concerns and uh i know a lot of people have been working really hard on this so i just wanted to thank y'all for all that Yes, we are, our guys are really appreciated. But yeah. the question I had is, and you mentioned something about it, everything is based on yield, not quality. The quality is not a factor at all. It, well, let me let me let me back up. Quality is a factor, but but but, and I don't mean to complicate the process. Quality is a factor, but it's not really triggered in for requested now. It can be considered, now again, I'm going on to the next, let's assume we get approved, and we will. Let's say we mm -hmm. have a producer that wants an emergency loan through the government, through us, and they have a quality loss, maybe not quite, and they have a production loss as well. So mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say is to qualify for emergency loan, they first have to have a production loss, and then it can be triggered through, and then they can qualify possibly for a quality loss, which would be, we look at the overall loss amount, through quality and production has yield, but to yeah. get a quality loss, to, to be eligible on a quality loss, you have to have a production loss loan first. I mean, production loss first, if that well, makes any sense. So quality is a major impact. I get that. Well, I know, I know we all had uh, producers that they had, they couldn't, they had to sell the beans for salvage. And right. the yields were still, in the beginning, some of the yields were still there. But right. the quality was so bad they couldn't, you know, had sold for salvage, and then, yeah. but they still made good enough yields, and that's what that's that was my question. And unfortunately, and, I, and I'm aware of that that's a good question. I, I did hear that. I hate that they had to settle for, uh, you know, a way lower reduced price, if you will, like you said, salvage price. That's unfortunate. Um, but that's kind of how quality loss works with us. Uh, we we look at the overall picture, but it has to be grouped in with production with the yield part as well. That's how it works. 
to, to, to be you, you know to be to be eligible for quality as well. Okay, thank you, sir. Mr. Barnett, okay. I have a question. So, yes, sir. Once all this goes through, mm-hmm. uh, is this? I reckon I don't know how to word this exactly. What I'm thinking of is this going? It's not going to be just a blank check handed out to every producer. No, sir. Now, now that's more of a. I think I understand what you're asking. That would be more, and that's possible. I, I don't have. I deal with the loan part. Now, my part right. is dealing okay. with FSA loans. Now, I think when you talk about a blank check, here's where it comes in important for our parish offices to put that data, to put exactly what happened in August, including the quality loss. Because what I tell all my county uh, CEDs and their members is to put all that. Because you know why? When they look at it, that may trigger some, if you will, blank, for lack of a better word, not blank check, but program money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm trying so, to say. So it's a possibility, but at this point, I can't say. Now, I deal okay. more with the loan part, but it could. It could trigger something. Yes, sir. Good question. All right. I'm not, so, not guaranteeing that. Yeah, case. but still, it's going to basically be a one-on-one, everybody individually coming in, making a claim, I reckon. If they establish a program, yes, sir, for program okay. assistance. And that's, like you said, what I call... Uh, just a, a program money. It's not a loan. It would be to help out the producers due to the loss that they suffer from excessive rains based okay. on quality and or production. Okay. okay. And that's a good question. But I, 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 you know, I deal mostly with the loans as far as from the, you know, FSA loan part, specifically speaking on this case, emergency loans, okay. emergency loans, uh, the interest rates on there usually run about this 3.75%. And the maximum amount, if a producer needs it, if he qualifies for enough, is the the maximum amount of merchant is five hundred thousand. Okay. Uh, I don't know if y'all's interested in that. I just wanted to throw that out there. But uh, basically, emergency loans can be used, as I mentioned uh, earlier, it can be used obviously to pay the losses or, or expenses that they incurred from the the crop that suffered the loss or crops, if you will. It can be one crop or multiple crops, as long as you have one crop that has a 30% of qualifying loss to pay losses from it, or it can also be used if they qualify enough if needed for this year's operating expenses. In this case, would be 2023. So it can be, but you know, you just, you just got to qualify. So, but first we got to get declared. And I really do feel like we will, but it's, it's in the process. It's in the pending stage right now with our national office. Okay. Okay. Well, I reckon that kind of led me back to the first question I had, uh, you know, of course, you know, the way the new farm bill or the current farm bill, if I understand it right, is written, these automatic disaster type payments kind of went away with it and kind of depended mainly on the ARC and the PLC type payments. Uh, yes, sir. So, but this is kind of a step above that where it's going to require what state and then national approval to be able to trigger this uh, payment. Yes, or, sir. Our loans. The, 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 actually, not, this won't be to trigger payments, as I mentioned. This will be to right. trigger if we have any producers that are interested in receiving emergency loans because okay. they need our help, obviously, to, to continue their farming operation that they, they suffered the tremendous impact from excessive rain. So, yeah, this would be emergency loans all. Now, like I said earlier, if there's something triggered, some program payments down the road, possibly, but I, I can't tell you that as of yep. today. I don't know. It, it could okay. happen. It could. I mean, that's a good question. But this is dealing primarily with loans. What I'm talking okay. about. Okay. So, 
Okay. Well, that's, that's good. Dennis, you got a question. Yeah, just because, and I understand the loans and I'm thinking in terms, if we're, if it's declared and I know things, we've all worked for the government, those things move slow. How long, if somebody comes into your office after it's declared and says, look, I need, I've got mm -hmm. a disaster. I need some money to finish paying off crop loan equipment notes or something like that. What, how long does it take? To get their money? Is that what you asked, yes. Mr. Byrne? Yes. I mean, you know, I mean, every situation is different. Now, what we do is we process the loan applications upon the producer's and we work with our producers on trying to, to get and assist them in trying to get the application complete. Mm -hmm. So we have time frames and policies to follow. So, you know, it depends on both parts, on our part and obviously the producer's part, their responsibility to get us a complete application. But normally within, under normal circumstances, probably within 30 to 45 days. Okay. If everything goes well, smooth. You know, getting, well, the, getting the application complete is what I'm stressing, mm -hmm. you know. Yes. Well, that was what uh, I was just thinking in terms of, you know, timeline and interest and everything, you know, everything goes along. And I mean, we're already right. mid-November sure. and, you know, so. Yeah, good question. And, next year. and I want to, I want to stress, I want to emphasize that a producer, once we, once it is declared and we'll have that published with notices and, and going out, a producer or a borrower has eight months to apply from that effective date. So let's say if the effective date was December 15th, they have eight months from December 15th, 2022 to apply for emergency loan. Okay. I'm just throwing it as an example. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's good. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Bruce, any questions? Y'all kept getting them, asking them and getting them answered. <laughs> well, that was me. I had three, and he answered all but one already, uh, and that's the one I asked. Uh, Kylie, you got anything else? Um, I guess if um, what advice would you have for any of the producers right now? I guess that they need to be communicating with their uh, county yeah. office. That's, and, yeah. Um, okay. I, 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 that's a good question, Miss Kylie. Here's what I suggest. It, it, here it is, like y'all mentioned earlier, Mr. Burns, or somebody mentioned, here it is mid, what, no, what November 17th? I yep. always recommend to the producers and the farmers out there as as soon as they finish, and I would think most of our producers are about, if they're not complete with harvest, they should be just about complete. I always recommend that it's as quick as the producers finish, kind of know where they stand financially. They need to sit in, you know, go into that county office, start looking at the upcoming year, to see what, you know, if they got any shortfalls due to disaster or what have you, and try to sit down and plan with our local offices to see if they can get this plan of operation going for next year. They don't need to delay the process. I strongly recommend the quicker the better. Okay. That's great. Anybody else? Right, when y'all, when, when it is declared, of course, I know it goes out in the paper and Oh, yeah. You know, it goes out in news articles, but if you will send us something in case we happen to miss it, then if we have a podcast or we put it on Twitter or some, one of our social media accounts that so we can get the word out to all our people, uh, we'd be sure. glad to help y'all with that. I can send you an email or however, whatever's convenient for y'all. Just send me, just, uh, I got your own, you got my email, just send me an email and we'll get it. Sure. We'll get it. 
put out. Yeah, the word we'll get the word bet. out. Yeah, what we do is uh, what we do is once we get approval, the the, the national office will do a national notice, and then once we get that approval from them, we do a state notice to, if you will, mirror what the national office has said and and shows the parish offices that will be declared primarily, and it also lists the parish offices that will be declared as contiguous, which are neighboring parishes. So it'll spell out which parishes, the effective date, what the loss is from is very, very specific and detailed and what they can apply for in this case. So oh, we'd be I, glad to do that. I had another thought, excuse me. Uh, with us being up and down the river here, are the folks on the east side in Mississippi, are, are they looking at some of the same situation and making some of the same requests or would that be something you not know? I would. I, I don't know, but I will say this. Just as I mentioned, as for contiguous parishes, the same holds true for contiguous states. Other words, like you mentioned, Mississippi is a neighboring state. So, with that being said, any parishes that touch Mississippi, those parishes, those western parishes, and say or whatever in Mississippi, would be declared as contiguous. Any parishes in North Louisiana, those south counties in Arkansas, would be declared. You see, that's how it works. So it, it reaches out a broader process than just states. And, and sometimes we get declared from disasters that actually occurred from neighboring states as well as contiguous, those pairs. So it works both ways. That's what I thought, but I just wanted you to bring it out instead of me. <laughs> that's fine. Well, you thought, what, you thought correct. So it, it works on a bigger scale, not just in state, but it does reach out neighboring states as well. Okay. Sure does. Well, if there's no more questions, Mr. Bonetta, we want to say thank you for this information and join us. And we may have invite you back again when we have some more questions. Sure. And I'll be glad to help. Disaster. Man, yeah, disaster. That's right. If we want to just talk about some maybe some a little bit more positive news, that'd be great. But no, <laughs> I'll be glad to help help y'all or assist y'all any way I can. Um uh, again, as I mentioned, I appreciate the invite and, and giving me the opportunity to meet with y'all this morning and discuss our process. So thank y'all. Thank you, sir. Thanks, uh, sir. Thank you, sir. Okay, before we close out, Dennis, you want to tell them, our listeners about our upcoming soybean meeting? Yes, on December the 8th. <laughs> Let me get my thing. <laughs> December the 8th. Uh, uh, registration starts at 8 30 it's at the Dell High Civic Center it's over there by the I don't know the address so uh, it's it's over there on by Denver. the hmm? that's on Denver Street on Denver Street it's over there by the fairgrounds that's that's the only way I can get there uh, it starts it's eight registration starts at 8 30 speakers start at 9 till 12 we're gonna feed you lunch we're gonna talk about nothing but soybeans we've got uh, y'all help me with let me run down the list. We got weed control, bugs, disease, irrigation, fertility, varieties. Some row spacing. Yeah, maybe a little row spacing in there. Uh, general, just general overall soybean production. Uh, we have two speakers from out of state. We have uh, Dr. Drew Golson from uh, Mississippi State on irrigation, and Dr. Corey Bryant from uh, Mississippi State is going to talk about soybean fertility. He's the soybean specialist over there. 
so we're uh, we've got a good lineup, uh, and we'll end about we'll end twelve o'clock shortly thereafter, and we'll feed you dinner. Okay. Anything yeah, else? Yeah, come on by. <laughs> yeah. Do we have anything else coming up that we need to mention? Uh, the only other thing I know of is the. Uh, we'll get to you in a second, Bruce, with Ag Expo, but uh, <laughs> December the eighteenth. I think it's no, excuse me, January the eighteenth is the Digital Ag Conference in Alexandria, and uh, we've got some really good practical speakers uh, there. We do have some. Uh, we'll talk about RL's talking about grid sampling and zone sampling. Uh, we also have a couple some producers that will talk, and uh, and we do. Excuse me. We do have producers to talk at the soybean thing. We have two producers from Northeast Louisiana. That three? No, I can't see. Bruce, you hold up fingers. Three producers. We got three producers from Northeast Louisiana that will talk about uh, their operations and what they do. And they're I think they're kind of across the board, aren't they, Bruce? Yeah. Yep. So they're uh, so it's everybody's got a little different take on it. But, um, and they will, they're, they should be pretty, I know one, I've heard one of them talk before, and if he's, he's good, he's, if nothing else, he's entertaining. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the couple of guys we're going to have from, from, from Morehouse and West Carroll are, are fairly entertaining. If, if anybody from, from South Louisiana is, comes up, happens to come up for it, we will provide interpreters. Yes. <laughs> These these guys will have that that deep dark North Louisiana twang. So yeah. Um, All right, Bruce, you want to talk about Ag Expo? Got Ag Expo's coming up um, in in January. Um, you know, with the North North Louisiana Agribusiness Council, um, we put on every year. This will be the first year we're really getting back into the swing of things after after COVID. Um, we're we're doing our our. Uh, Ag awareness education program for for um, our kids. Uh, that's going to start on uh, the twelfth. I think I have to look the calendar real quick. Uh, January twelfth uh, and eleventh, uh, twelfth is going to be the the kids days, and the actual expo is going to be the thirteenth and fourteenth there at the Ike in West Monroe. Um, want to invite everybody to come out for that. We'll talk more about that as we get as we start getting closer. Um, I'll ha I'll probably have some ideas of who's go who's going to be there from from industry. Um, it's an industry show, trade show. Uh, I want to invite everybody to come out and and, and visit us on those days and, and look us up. And that's all I've got. Only enjoying the cool weather. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? I'm good. What you got, Kylie? No, I'm I'm that y'all covered it. Okay. Well, if we're running out of things to talk about, and that's kind of unusual for this crew. Uh, again, <clears throat> Mr. Bonnet, we want to thank you for joining us and the information you've provided us. Uh, Kylie, Dennis, Bruce, thank you for joining me. And finally, toward the end of the program, I'm getting to where I can talk. So again, uh, with that being said, uh, remember the dates we've given you, and we will see y'all next week. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank y'all. See you. Thank you. Thank you.
The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local Extension office.